0: Wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Chakten an indo askeilige.
0: Time iman iruk ti yen of chakt er a harp. Aga soligam amar kan sha gar fejer e har enuik len of winter fein. Skil turmi.
2: Tha Doch
1: <laughs> nach find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Forgan, extra man is Fitzgerald.
2: Oh, Fitzgerald is coming back inside. Let's have another. Darcy, a crystal through the legs. Rob Cardi out to Fitzgerald again. Step and score. Number
1: two for him. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined in studio. As always, after a Bumper Champions <laughs> Cup weekend bye. Luke Fristrael. Luke, hello. How was
2: you're you're getting better at those interests. Thank you. I'm enjoying yeah, them. I'm more growing more. into myself <laughs> now. I'm finally feeling confident <laughs> and comfortable. Oh so, uh yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was really great to see all the all the Did you the get to see to any? Them I know you
1: were in an exam, you didn't get to see I any. I did I watched
2: them all. I had to record them all. I actually ruined the Leinster game for myself. Um and I watched a bit of the Munster one the night before and finished it off after the Leinster game on the Saturday. So when so, you were ready to be studying, you
1: were watching the Munster match secretly? I
2: It was on without no any volume behind, yeah. yeah. Um, so I could kind of see what was going on. And you could kind of get a sense, actually, after the first half. The only reason I watched it was because of what I expected we'd be talking about. It. Mm. The second half, I had a feeling they were going to pump them. after the, Especially way they finished the half. They Kloster were pitiful. They were actually so embarrassing. They were, they, well I don't know if they were embarrassing, but they weren't good. That's for sure. Okay, uh, embarrassing like they kind of hung on for, for long periods. And then you were like, they just... They just gave up, like not that they gave up, but they gave in. Like, kind of, Munster just kind of bullied them. Um, you know, after a certain amount of phases, it just looked like they couldn't keep up with them. Uh, I thought, you know, that you know, when it was a real kind of like, I didn't think Munster did like, the, sorry, the, the last the couple of the tries were very well taken, and the, the obviously the chip behind from Carberry was class, but um, the other ones were kind of grunt tries, weren't they? Yeah. Like, they just kind of like it was like 26 or something phases for the one of the, for the last try, uh, Scanners try or whatever it was. So and they just beat the crap out of them. Do you know there was nothing too special, I didn't think they just looked like they were they kind of beat them work rate wise and physicality wise. Their body height was better and everything they did, the rocking was really good. Just couldn't keep up, I didn't think.
1: Did you ever play at King's Home? I know Leinster played there one year. I think it was your first year, maybe. I don't know if you played in the match
2: though. So. Uh I played a Barbarians match that I remember playing in there. And how was the Barbarians like? Good crack? I was playing for Ireland against oh. Um Yeah, it was good crack. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was Is that
1: the one when Neil Best got in a huge punch up with like Cobus fasaji or something like that? And like I can't remember. Three haymakers later. <laughs> Could have
2: been. He was <laughs> <laughs> he was a while. He's a great lad. Actually, He's a hilarious lad. But. Uh, yeah, no, I can't remember. I don't remember a huge amount of it. I think it was like mm-hmm. a warm up before a tour or something yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: it was. Um, Nothing too yeah. exciting. No, it wasn't exactly. no. So you've swapped your Ireland gear from last week with a Man United. <laughs> yeah, you representing.
2: I'm back, yes. Yeah, yeah. A uh, few wins. go with that seven in a row. Blow off the United uh, gear after years of. Did ever get. My stuff was. It was getting hidden actually from my five side I play five aside every now and then with, with a few pals, and the gear was. It was a regular feature. Uh, when well, I thought we'd turn around with that uh, Europa Cup win and that but uh, <laughs> a bit more yeah as you said it had to be dusted off a dusting bit now around, uh, with, with the start of this campaign pride now. yeah it looks like turn around a bit isn't it? it's great so uh, yeah I'm in the comfy gear again still for, for yeah you're still, you still you're still off work obviously? still, off work, yeah, still yeah. off work it's not exactly a great way to use
1: your annual leave but uh,
2: no no I could have I, I, I had a few extra days saved up so it worked out okay
1: no, oh, yeah, we're going to be joined in just a minute by Keen Tracy, Irish Independent rugby correspondent, to discuss last weekend mm-hmm. and the upcoming weekend. Province is in such a good place; four wins out of four. Ah,
2: I love coming in for these weekends. Well, after those weekends, it's bloody great, isn't it? So, um, look, it's good and
1: you know, it's great when you hear all the English teams moaning about the ring fencing and oh, the management. The new one is so. the new one is Leinster would never be able to have that squad in our league with the salary cap the way it is. Blah blah blah. But
2: you're the average wage is way less.
1: Well, the IRFU obviously pick up a lot of the wage bill as well.
2: Oh, sorry, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. But it's in. I, I was looking today. There was a stat out that I think the average wage over here is one seventy, and the average over there is two hundred. So in the Premiership, I yeah. think. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that really holds up. But Jeez, the average player is getting a decent wage, Andy? Well, I, I presume that might be skewed by maybe the twenty or so internationals in the <laughs> squad. Uh, maybe from Leinster's perspective, but. Um, yeah, look, it is. It, look, it is a tri- But I think I do think they manage it better. Like I think Leinster will have more games where they're playing a team, and they will have maybe five or six young guys in the team, and then they might have the same next week. But it'll be sprinkled with like they do that better. They get they, they're more comfortable with the quality they have and the uh, throughout the squad, and they give them more opportunities. But Leinster went through a very a few really tough years there. My last couple of years, very tough years. Um, still competed, but at the same time. Didn't really like, didn't they? are nowhere near the height they were now, but loads of the guys that you see now were getting opportunities then, so you have to give well, them. I thought a the issue was they
1: weren't getting the opportunities, like Matt O'Connor didn't really like to play that many young players. No, but
2: there's still a lot of guys like that that still got chances during that period, you know. Like, still a few guys, like your Ross Maloney obviously hasn't, you know, he uh, James Ryan has obviously overtaken him maybe, but at, at the moment, but like Gary Ringrose was a guy who was finding his feet at the time, um, and look at how good he is now. Um, and there's lots of different people throughout that kind of bracket that you'd say you know through retirements and through different things we're kind of learning the trade at that point so um, especially in the pack like I think loads of those guys have gone on to be brilliant like Dan Levy was kind of on the edge at that point Josh Van der Fleer was kind of on the edge um, and Jack Cohen was kind of hanging around a few injury problems in the early parts they've all come through really well you know and I think Ty Furlong as well Like Marty before Marty Moore went he would have been behind Marty Moore you know so um, like they brought them on, but there was still a difficult kind of teething process to go through that I think the English clubs maybe don't have as much patience. Uh, maybe they're saying that, and I could see the argument that, you know, with relegation and that, if you get close to it, very difficult to be saying, oh, I'm going to rest whoever this week, you know, uh, Bente or Owen Farrell or whoever, if you're in a relegation battle. But I do think Leinster manage that stuff really well. Like they give lots of guys opportunities with the top players so that there's not a hu- there's not a massive amount of change over. Yeah. Um, and I think they still build for the games better. I think they prepare. Well, like
1: the Irish team still target Europe in a way that probably no other club does, but maybe. I wouldn't even say Saracens do it necessarily because they play like full strength pretty much every week. Like, there's only like w- probably only the Irish provinces are the ones that take it so seriously that they really just make sure their players are ready for these specific games. Most clubs are targeting the league these days, especially in France and England.
2: Yeah, they seem to be, which is a bit of a shame, it really. Is a you shame. Know? Like, yeah, because they should be targeting those ones. Like, you know, you look at like I think I think I think it looks like Toulouse are kind of getting back towards that. Claremont always yeah. managed it a little bit better as well, but they had a huge squad, of course, mm. um, as well as Toulouse. Um, you know, you'd like to probably like to see Saracens like do. You know, just you, you just don't want to have don't have any fucking excuses. You know, they shouldn't really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and there's plenty of quality in lots of those squads to be able to manage that a little bit better. Where you say, do you know what, look, you know, you might play the week before, but maybe two weeks out, I'm going to give you a break and swap someone else in. Like, there's a way of doing it, and mm-hmm. you kind of manage it over. Like, I don't think you manage these things will like the week before. Like, you manage them three weeks out. You might yeah. say, look, you're going to play week one, week three. Our, and then and then obviously the game week four week five and that's your kind of you would play three games in a row
1: there well this is it like obviously the teams in a relegation battle like can't be as choosy they have to play their full strength because they're in that battle but for Saracens like they're playing their top players like week in week out and they're winning some of these games very comfortably like you can't tell me that they couldn't benefit from wrestling a lot of these guys at different times
2: I completely yeah. agree with you, you not know. Know. And, but, I, but I still think even in relegation battles I, I still think like I know like you hear. I've talked to a few people who play in those kind of clubs and they're kind of saying you've no idea like there's some people that are just really poor like for professional rugby players they're bad rugby players mm. um, so I do get that there's some people that are just like oh we're only playing you if we're really stuck <laughs> but I, I can't I can't believe that you have 25 guys who are very bad rugby players uh, like you don't have 25 good rugby players in your squad I, I find that really hard to believe that the standard will drop if you swap one or two out and um, I think it's actually really important that you make sure you have people who are, even if they're medium quality, you know, because those people can bring their levels up um, to a certain level if they're playing around good players. Like, like again, communication's better, better positions around you, more opportunities. Um, you think they'd be able to raise their game and you should give them the opportunity, not just once, but a few times mm. to do that. And I think that helps you manage your squad better. Again, it's not I'm not making the decision when my job is on the line, so that <laughs> makes it a little bit easier as yeah. well. We're kind of high level here, but... Um, yeah, look, the Irish look to come back to, to to the Irish stuff, they manage it really well. And they manage it over 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 the course of like three or four weeks out. So I think that's there's some
1: learning in that for the English clubs. I don't think you necessarily need to play your best team every week. Oh, mm. well, we could talk about this all day, but we'll mm-hmm. move on to the provinces and the Champions Cup action. Delighted to be joined in studio by Irish Independent Rugby correspondent Keene Tracy. Keen, thanks so much for coming in. Cheers, lads. Four wins from four, all four provinces on course for the quarterfinals. So I think now is as good a time as any. It's been so long to read out my one to twenty Champions Cup rankings just to to keep the reader abreast. Keep the reader abreast. Fifty percent of it is weighted towards the current form, fifty percent is weighted towards their overall chances of winning the tournament. So there's two kind of things I've taken into account. And did you have, like, a large data set? Yeah, a large team of uh, data scientists have been working on this alongside myself. Sash. I've been kind of directing a it. A lot of monkeys, and yeah, like the Simpsons. Yeah, I've been directing it. I'm, kind of <laughs> like I'm, interns, the, I'm the director of rugby <laughs> on this project, and I have a, a kind of a team, a crack team of scientists working on <laughs> Leinster 1, Sarsons 2, Racing 3, Munster 4. Sorry, say
2: it again, Leinster 1. Sarsons really? 2, okay, okay.
1: Racing 3, Munster 4, Toulouse 5, Edinburgh 6, Ulster 7, Glasgow 8, Exeter 9, Montpellier 10. Edinburgh above Glasgow. Yeah, because they're going to top their pool. Probably get a home quarter final if they beat Montpellier at home next week. Okay. Glasgow are going to be away. Okay. Bath 11, Cast 12, Gloucester 13, Scarlet's 14, Newcastle 15, Leicester 16, Toulon 17, Wasps 18, Cardiff 19, Lyon 20. So that is a quick little... Scarlet's are better than than uh, Gloucester. They are better than them, but they've been so terrible this season in the Champions Cup. But Newcastle had a good win against Montpellier at home and Toulon away. So I've just given them <laughs> one place.
0: What about Munster? Are they how close? The gap must be very close with them and Racing now in terms of overtaking. It's, them. It's, what did your data scientists it's, tell it's, you about that? They say what what it in the gap in, in terms of performance <laughs> level they are
1: very close, but in terms of routes to oh, glory, of glory, Munster are likely going to be playing away in the quarter final.
0: Uh, unless Montpellier, i Montpellier Mont- could still do them a favour. That's why. Favor, yeah.
1: That's why I'll get my data scientists to update the rankings next week. So that's where we are currently with the the helicopter view. We'll get into. I guess, for me, it was the game of the weekend, Keen. We were talking a bit about it off-air there. Ulster had a phenomenal win against Jurassic 92. They went in. Actually, there were only three-point underdogs in the end, so the betters, anyway, thought they had a chance, but it was a fantastic game, really exciting. They were kind of hanging on a bit at the end, but it was a huge result for them. It kind of validates their Christmas approach of wrestling mm-hmm. a lot of players, and even without John Cooney, they still got the job done.
0: Yeah, you're you're dead right. I think that was the big the big fear, you know, having got four wins in a row in December, and then the losing the Interros to back to back. That was the big fear that would they've lost their momentum. But we just saw that it was a totally different team than the one who was beating out the gate against Leinster the previous week. And this this starting team are are really starting to take shape now. I think even you look at the likes of Robert Balacoon coming on the wing, there would have been a lot of fears about Henry Spate leaving and the experience that they lost. But he came in, he scored a great try, and like he's bounced back well from his mishap in Munster as well. When and he probably should have been sent off in inside the first minute um, Jacob Stockdale you're kind of running out of things to say about him he's just incredible um, watching the game back again there this morning like it's he he gets the bounce of the ball, fair enough, but it's his power that he builds up over such a short space of time. Like, And I think for his first try, he shrugs off Klassen, who's a big number eight. Like, So, um, yeah, it's going really well. I thought, like, I was kind of fearful of the scrum given how badly it went in Paris, but it, it went really well. I think Marty Moore is really finding his feet. Kutsia, we've mentioned him so many times in the Brilliant. podcast. He's he was but, so good. He's yeah. just, like, he gives them such a massive platform in which to build. And then, you know, I thought Jordy Murphy was, outstanding again I think he's another who's really finding his feet and um, the backline is just ticking I think Addison Addison was brilliant and you know he had to fill in for Billy Burns and his partnership with Stuart McCloskey it's, it's, it's all coming together nicely yeah. for them
1: Well let's start with Stockdale Luke two tries he did seem unstoppable at times in that game uh, you know as somebody who's played a lot of wing yourself when you look at him like what are you seeing at the moment he, he, he seems unstoppable Yeah look, look I mean because the other try
2: I thought was even more impressive just the way he shrugged off the one that disallowed one like I thought, I like the the look, the bounce of the ball you get, but he still shrugged off. There uh, was Mark Andrews. It was marking him. Was this or him off. sorry, Imhoff? It, it was oh, maybe it was Imhoff. Sorry, I'm not sure who was marking him, but he shrugged him off. They used that All Blacks uh, move, Do you know, that way one back down the yeah. short mm. side where mm. I think Bowden Barrett went in for a try and he get it back off. Um, the winger I, I, they used it against Australia, class move. Really, like I, I, that's what you like to see. You like to see, coaches kind of being a bit mm. uh, innovative and getting ideas from different places. A lovely move, um, but he's just dangerous one on one. Like I think, like loads of people haven't really figured him out. Like I think he's a
1: way bigger guy. On, like, I think he even like he's a huge he's guy we know gi- he's it. a giant yeah, he's it, a really getting big guy getting up off the turf after he's going on strides it, don't, it really struck me how big he actually is Like you see his pace yeah. and the way he finishes but he's actually a huge unit as well he's a big
2: guy but he's got lovely footwork and as you said his acceleration for a big man is really really good he gets his feet just far enough away and then he can use the upper body strength and he uses that fen really really well he's a guy that you have to keep your inside arm very high you have to be very wary of that of, of that fen when, when when he throws it out that you can knock it down but you also have to get your footwork really close and so why I'm surprise people are still trying to tackle him around his legs bad idea as far as I can see they're hard to get at, even though they're big long uh, legs, you need to be tackling that guy around the midriff, so, uh, and getting your foot as close to him, because he's just so powerful you know, like I, I'm like he just shrugs people off Will, um, and I'm becoming, I'm more and more impressed with him the more he goes, I think I probably, I, I knew going like that he had it going forward, I still think in the big games that I like for him to, there was talk of him being the best winger in the world I still think he's a bit to go in that respect, uh, for, for in, in my mind, I want to see a bit more of the defensive stuff, being in good positions, covering a little bit better, things like that for, for that in that conversation,
1: but I think going forward, you'd probably have to consider him, he's right up there, you know? Well yeah, I have a couple of just numbers written down here, he's played 50 games for Ulster, scored 26 tries, 14 games for Ireland, 12 tries, so 38 tries and 64 games, Keane, like we've never really produced a player who's put up those sorts of numbers over that kind of... Sample size, maybe O'Driscoll. Tommy Ball
0: from, was very prolific.
1: No, very prolific, but this is like fourteen appearances it, for and it, I think it's,
0: it's six in five Champions Cup games he scored in, yeah. in every single one of them. I think. One of the big moments for for him was obviously the try against New Zealand, but it was actually executing the try after he'd been blocked down by Kieran Reed. I think that just shows you how much confidence he has in his own ability, but also the mental toughness because other players, you know, could have retreated into their shells. And it is only a few minutes later because if Kieran Reed does make where well, he did make the block, if he takes that ball, it's it's a different it's mm. a different result, like isn't it? Um, he's playing with a huge amount of confidence, and I think that's you know th- the bouncer ball is going to go your way almost when.
1: Well, it's funny you bring up the of the ball. I just want to nip this in the bud first because I heard on another show they were proffering a theory that he, he <laughs> yeah. deliberately meant for the ball to spin away from those yeah, three awesome guys I, and score a I try. That is just
2: ridiculous. Not sure, that person that has played rugby. At you any, don't need to play
1: uh, rugby; you <laughs> just need <laughs> eyes or like a, or no, a grasp no. of, of an oval Fall. ball. Yeah, Baker yeah, doesn't played
2: rugby at a high level. I don't think whoever said that, but um, yeah, look. look well, I think what's even more impressive is the is the, the try record for Ulster because I mean Ireland have been going very well, mm. um, so you'd expect you know if a teams playing well. A wing should get on the a lot like the end of a of, of a few tries at least. Um, obviously he's been more prolific than that definitely like he's better than just getting on the end of a few tries for Ireland but uh the Ulster try record of like 26 and 50 is outstanding because they've been struggling the la- you know since he's come into the picture. Um and I think what, what like what I like about him and I t- to touch on Keane's point I always think uh, you know you, you hear about in basketball you always hear shooters talking about like you know Reggie Miller or uh you know Steph Curry. Steph Curry, these guys, um, you know, they talk about shooters having a short memory. You know, it's really important mm. that they forget, you know, if they've gone on a bad run, they f- haven't missed, you know, four or five three-pointers, that they just keep shooting them. Um, so, yeah, like it's kind of, uh, I think he's, he kind of maybe comes into that bracket, you know, is that he's just so confident that he's, and things have gone really well from since his career started. Like, he hasn't really had a setback bar, maybe that hamstring injury, really, Um but he has a short memory, so he's going to keep trying things. He's an exciting player to watch. You know, it's great to see him progressing and, um, you know, he's coming into form at a really good time, coming into World Cup and all that, so just hopefully he stays injury-free. Now, that's going to be, that's the key thing with all all these guys, I think, and maybe I'm a bit skewed that way, given my own career, but, um, staying injury-free, being really professional, because you have a short window at it,
1: and he's great potential. He can go, like this guy's the limit for this guy. What do you think about Billy Burns at out half? I, I don't. I think he's struggled a small bit for him this season. I don't think maybe he's hit the ground running like Will Addison, Marcel could see back from injury, Jordy Murphy, some of these other signings. What have you made of how he's played? Like It was a difficult enough ask, I think, coming straight
2: over. I actually think he's done a reasonable job. Uh, I think there's more in him. Uh, I see a bit of potential there Uh, you know and I think look again he's coming from a different space coming from Gloucester you know and he wouldn't have been starting all the time there either Um, you know so I think he's a guy that has potential I think I'd like to see him get a bit more time with that pack I think that pack when they have the full complement out um, they can really compete and they can get go forward remember they were missing Henderson as well like he's a big loss he gets them go forward that's like at the end of the day I always talk about it I feel like people are going to get sick of me talking about it but if you're you know past in the ball, you know, and you're creating things for the team, you're providing direction for the team. You need people to get your momentum. You look at Leinster, they're always getting momentum, even at the times they weren't in the weekend. But more often than not, against most teams, their pack gives them great momentum. It means Luke McGrath, it means Jameson Gibson Park, it means Joey Carberry, it means Ross Byrne. All their decisions are easier, they have half a second extra longer on the ball, and things like the, the longer you have on the ball the more you see the more opportunity you get to see someone making a wrong move footwork wise or their body shape being wrong so I think that's an important part for, for him I think once the pack gets a bit more settled they get more go forward for him I think his job becomes easier you build a little bit of confidence and then you start doing things like Joey Carby you, know, you see the way he's playing with great confidence because the Munster Pack are providing a great platform so I think that's the, he's, he's on a bit of a journey Will uh, I think he's got potential um, but Let's see, you know, he's uh, it's, there's still a few challenges up there, I think, once the front line guys are out.
1: And Ulster are on the verge of a quarterfinal place. They have to go to Welford Road this Saturday. They're favoured to win, they're four-point favourites in the bookies already. Like Leicester obviously put out a B team against Scarlet last weekend and got hammered. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Murphy actually started some of the big guns because they don't want to get another bad beating at home. So it might be tricky from that regard, but Ulster are in a very good position now.
0: They are. They 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 should have nothing to fear going to going to Road. I was at the the game in Belfast first up, and they should have they should have beaten them by more than what they did. They kind of missed out on the bonus point. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they should have gotten it. They were good enough to get it. There it was a horrible night up in Belfast, but yeah, if the weather is better, you'd imagine because that suits this Ulster backline now. Like we were saying with the likes of Will Addison, Stockdale, um, but yeah, they've nothing to fear. I think Jordan Murphy is slowly starting to turn the tide. I think it's been kind of important that he was given the role on a full time basis, and that has given him a bit of a kick. Their European campaign has kind of long been over you know their, their focus will be on the premiership but they're not going to want to be hosts at home but at the same time this is an ulcer team who are in, f- in full of confidence and I'd imagine they'll get the job done
2: uh, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I wish I could say I'd have the same confidence as Keane. I think uh, look again it is dependent on what team that that uh, Leicester put out but it's a difficult place to go and get a win every time I've been there it's it's been tricky even when they haven't had great teams um it's a kind of tight track. Ulster have had some success there. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to, I think, Tommy Bow had a big game there a few years ago. They won there t- 2013-14,
1: they won there.
2: That's right, yeah. Remember he came on, he had a lovely switch play, I think they, they had, but I think like Leicester may have been stronger then than they are now. Just depends what team they put out. Someone like laggy or, you know, a few of these guys, they can make a big difference to Leicester if they play well, Ellis Gange, if, if those guys are in the team. Um, I think I'd be surprised if you know the way Leicester gone like i do agree they look like they've kind of they've they've steadied the ship a little bit at the moment since geordie has been uh, mm. given the time the 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 job full full time um and that, that i presume that'll give him a little bit of confidence you know because it gives him a bit of t- a breathing space to maybe implement a few ideas and that but um
0: like if they put out a full team they're difficult to play over there will um and i see that being a bit of a challenge for them you know it's mm. interesting that you mentioned, you know, it being historically a tough place to go, but I I like this is sort of a new Ulster team and I think, you know, we will probably get on to Munster, but like in last week at the build up everyone was talking about how tough home was to go historically, but you look at it and Munster blew them away now I'm, I know they're different teams, different places, but at the same time different teams and the younger guys, I just wonder will that filter into their mindset at all or will they yeah, like stock, just Yeah, they stuck they won't give a
1: shit about going to welfare
0: road. I, I don't, don't th- I
2: don't know if they I don't I don't know if Ulster travel that great. I really don't think they travel that well. They got a
0: good win in good win in Scarlet. They were beaten well in Paris, but I think having beaten this racing team, who probably I think underestimated Ulster to be honest a little bit, I think that'll give them so much confidence because that was a full racing team as well.
2: I I just sorry I suppose I just I'm thinking back the last couple of years I hope they can change it mm. like it isn't is important I think it's really important for this group that they get a win over there uh, I think it would give them huge huge confidence regardless of what the implications are with the, you know missing it and the bonus points and that yeah. if but they, they could
1: still maybe qualify with a losing bonus point yeah
2: but you need to get a few of these you st- you still need to get a few of these wins on the road like they give you a great confidence mm. that you can dig in in tough circumstances so it's an important one for the will but. Oh, it just depends what team uh, Jordy puts out. Really, I think I- I'd be surprised if they didn't put out a full compliment, To be honest, I, th- I still mm. think there's a bit of prestige and a bit of you know something about the the the,
1: the champions Cup or the Heineken Cup in Leicester. You they, know, they, they won't want another beat
2: by no. They can be like, the they're, yeah. well, they like, they're a proud club as well. They are a proud club. club. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And just to wade into more uncomfortable waters now, obviously the Ulster result was a huge storyline, but another thing to come out of the game was Simon Zebo's uh, post on social media where he talked about some abuse he received from the crowd, and then Wrestling 92 subsequently released a statement saying that it was racial in nature, which, Keen, I guess if, if it's true, we don't know what was said, but if this is true, it's a, it's a pretty scandalous day for not even Irish rugby, just for the, for the country in general.
0: Yeah, it's it's a disgrace. I mean, yeah, we probably have to be careful in what we say because we don't know what was said, but I think the Rassing statement was sort of telling enough in itself. Um like you said, it's scandalous in, in any walk of life but to think that it would actually happen to an Irish person who, you know, has done so well when, when playing for Ireland is just, it's disgraceful really. Um, like he was I, getting booed at the start of the game. Like, is that for the point that Michael Larry, I thought I pres- that was stupid anyway? I, I, presume, I presume it is. Like, um, you know, whatever. But I think he would have loved that. I think he would have yeah. fed off that but like there's a line and by the sounds of it it was it was crossed. Um, I believe the people around the individual that it was said were were horrified so you'd hope that if... Th- they were close and they re- realised it that they could recognise who the person was because there's just no place for it in, there's no place for it in any walk of life let alone in a rugby stadium which you know rugby does hold itself up to certain values and you don't want to see that being lost in this so um yeah
1: like the thought of like Zebo going to Kingsman and getting racially by, abused by the fans is disgusting Like it, it was, I was actually shocked when he put it up I th-
0: his first time back his first time back in Ireland as well you know like it would have it would have meant a lot to him and you know he's, he's, he's a favourite down in Munster I think a lot of Irish fans loved watching him playing as well but I
1: don't recall him speaking before about receiving abuse at other grounds perhaps he has and hasn't talked about it publicly or I've missed it but this would be a first it would appear
2: I don't know yeah you know, you'd have to ask him that but uh, yeah look it's, it's a it's a it's a very very serious accusation and I think all the parties have taken it very very seriously you see Ulster are very quick to condemn it and to try and figure out you know who this person is because our sport is not about that Um, look I'm not saying any sport is but I'm just saying our sport there is supposed to be space on the rugby pitch for every shape every size every religion every race that is not what we're about Um, and the rugby community have come out like you know very much supporting him which is very important uh, because no one should be made to feel that way Um, and it's important whoever that person is that did say something uh, or is alleged to have said something um, you know is is Reprimanded and reprimanded very strongly. They don't. Know, they those those kind of people do not belong um, at rugby games or at any sporting game. Um, and I and I'd wager that it, like I, I think they probably will find this guy or or person whoever it is because it's unacceptable. Doesn't belong anywhere near
1: the game. Yeah, well said. Um, I don't think there's much more to say, and we'll just move on. Uh, can... Yeah, but look,
2: they're in a big rebuilding period here now. Like, mm. this something like this could be seen as a setback. I, I think you, you look at how how strongly the club have come out. I don't think the two look. You can't, you know, you can't. Uh, I suppose th- there's going to be different personalities. All like you've eighty, what is it, eighteen thousand people there at, at, in in the Kingspan. There's going to be like every single stadium will have a few bad apples in it. So it's nothing to do with. While well, you know we want Ulster rugby to come out and try and find this person and support, you know, you know this this uh, you know allegation and try and find out who's done the the wrongdoing, um, and ban them forever from 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 going to to the games, um look, they've, they've, they're have they've in a big rebuilding period. They're, you can see them working hard in the community and all that as well. So uh, it's important that we support them as well. And I think they've been very strong on it. So, you know, fair play to Ulster Rugby.
1: Well, hopefully, yeah, as you said, they get to the bottom of it. Uh, Keane, just to move on, we'll go back to the to Friday night at King's Home. You touched on it earlier. Munster, you know, kind of grew into the game. It was very sloppy, maybe first half an hour, but the extended kind of period of play just before half time, mm. I, I can't remember how many phases it was. Maybe I think it was over 20, 20, 20 26. 26. And Rory yeah. Scannell crossed really... Mm kind of kicked Munster into gear and then Joey Carey delivered a masterclass in the second half. Peter O'Mahony injury notwithstanding, it was a very positive night for Young i
0: It was, yeah. It, it didn't happen by design either. I mean, that, that Leinster win, I think I was in with you guys after that, was absolutely huge. I know the performance wasn't exactly 10 out of 10, but just getting that win over Leinster was absolutely massive for the confidence. They carried that into the following week against Connacht when I thought that was probably their best attacking performance of the season. And then, it, it all came together in in Gloucester they absolutely blew them away it was the first time that Munster's first choice back line started a game which in itself was telling I think we saw Conor Murray has been a bit slow to get back to his best but he was back to his best and you saw I think that played a key part the in kicking G- was very oh, good it was he outstanding Gloucester back three holy I think that yeah, that, oh pla- that played a key part in Joey Carberry's performance I felt because like Murray was just bossing bossing it and then Carberry fed off that Um there was so much to about it you mentioned Rory Scannell's try you know they were they were ahead you know they they could have kicked the ball out they wanted to score 26 phases um, i was looking back uh, 11 of the 15 players made carries in that oh. sequence which is just phenomenal i think cj Standard made four Tyg Byrne made four um it's all coming together nicely for them. Um, we've spoken so much about Chris Farrell. I, I don't think he's near full fitness yet, but he's still producing the goods, which is is just brilliant for Munster. Um, I thought even without John Ryan, I thought Stephen Archer had a really, really good game. Billy Holland coming off the bench. The offload. It, it was, yeah, Sunnyville <laughs> nice yeah, Holland, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's all coming together nicely. I think um, Ty Byrne just keeps going to, to new levels. I think his partnership with Jean Klein is now... It, it's outstanding I think Jean Klein gives you that bit of grunt the bit of you know oh, he th- really does th- he's, a, he's a South African yeah. enforcer there but it allows Ty Byrne that little bit more freedom to get after the ball which is what he wants to do and I think as a combination that they are up there with the best in Europe at the moment They're I agree
2: I, think, I actually think it's a great spot because mm. I think that as well I think I, I, I'm really impressed with Klein every time mm. I see him play uh, he's just really physical as you say an enforcer and um, and again, as you say, it gives him just type burn, that little bit of freedom just to wander around a bit, because, you know, he's gonna like Klein's gonna hit your 20 rooks, 30, whatever it is, 30 rooks yeah. a match or whatever, and just blast him, you know, and be very he's very physical defensively mm. as well. You know,
0: it's a and nice they, need, they, they needed that. They needed that yeah. bit of bit of a hard edge and say, like they lost like Paul Connell, Donico Callan, and he's come in now and he's really given him that.
2: It seems to me like it's it's interesting. I was thinking about this there recently. I was thinking about how important your second row partnerships is. I can't think of a really great team that doesn't have or hasn't had a really strong second row pairing? Can you? I, I honestly can't. I can't, like. I, I know it's a bit fairly big question to ask one off the cuff, but I'm, I'm honestly thought about it. I was just thinking,
1: oh, how is, good was Ben Kay? Was he? But he's the like the mm. two. Like the, obviously Johnson saying? was the captain, but was yeah, Ben Kay? Ben
2: Kay, how good was that Leicester team? Those two were together. No, for they were, No, as well. they were good. They like, won a lot. No, there's, there's no way like, that yeah, guy yeah, wasn't. I wouldn't
1: put them on the pile with Matt. Two but two guys, look at like,
2: the New Zealand guys as yeah. well. Like you know, you got Brad Thorne and and sorry, I'm after losing... Uh, Sam Whitelock. Whitelock, and yeah. then you have Whitelock and Rotalec. Uh, yeah. You know, you just, I just feel like that's... Just, so, look right. at, uh, I think, the South African team with, with Botha and, and Matt Field. Like, there's lots of... The, I always think you're playing your best rugby when when you have a really strong second-row pairing there, you know? And I think England probably are in the same boat. You know, when toji and either Launchbury... Um, or Cruz are playing, or laws. Yeah. Or laws. Yeah.
0: Like I mean, that's a big part of their team, you know, because it's just your engine room. I feel like. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I know it's a real cliche, but mm. the engine room. But like, it's called the engine room for a reason. Yeah. They're they're the guys who drive. It's a good cliche. Yeah, it's a good, good cliche. cliche.
2: But they're calling all the ball from the line outs your scrum. If you have a big, you know, like you, you think Klein is probably on that tight head side, pushing mm. behind there. Like they always say, that's a big difference. Look at both; they're probably pushing behind on the tight head side. Retalick pushing behind on the on the yeah. tight head side. They're getting all your ball. You look at most of those guys. Look at James Ryan, and you look at Dev Thompson. And Scott, like Scott Fardy, was brilliant on the yeah. weekend for Leinster, you know. But like the amount of carries, the amount of just pure grunt work that they get through, like rooks hit carries, tackles. Like if you have two big guys there and forces that get through a lot of work,
1: Jesus, I think they have a massive imp- influence in the game. And just to change text slightly, go, to go back to Joey Carby's performance, so impressive, twenty six points, two another two tries. He's in a very rich vein of try scoring form as well. And I've heard a pe- few people talking about the Six Nations and whether he should play a game. You know, he might play against Italy, but whether he should play one of the ones outside of that to really give him some good exposure to kind of top-class opposition, where do you stand on that?
0: Well, he might have to if Johnny Sexton is in fit for the Eng- England game. You know, it looks like he's going to miss miss out again this weekend, and that's going to be a big decision further, da- mm-hmm. further down the road. But um, I think if Johnny Sexton is fit, he starts the game, there's just no question. I think, the windows now between now and the World Cup are just too few and far between. I know we have the warm-up games, but they're a different animal altogether. You want your best players on the pitch against the best teams. I think, I agree, I think there's a lot to be said for him starting in the Italy game. If Sexton wasn't fit for the England game, I think it would, it would weaken Ireland, I think, because I think Joey Carberry still has a bit to go before he's going to be on that same level. But I, I don't think I'd be as maybe nervous as I would have been this time last yeah. year because of the game time he's got. Yeah, so
1: obviously Johnny realistically is going to start against England unless he's ruled out but maybe the following week in Murrayfield would that be would that be something you would think oh that's a good idea or would you say no let's just keep sex in there let's try to win the game or we're not saying we can't do that with Joey Carby out half but like where do you weigh in on that um,
2: I see value in it I do see value in that I, I get what people are saying you want to see them in, a, like see him playing like really under the cosh yeah. you know in an international jersey Um yeah, it's something to consider, you know. It's not like Johnny, like we know what Johnny can do. Like we know he like he's the best player in the world for a reason. Like we we know that. That's settled, right? Um and I suppose managing him the, like the the best way, like the best way we can up until the World Cup is it by not playing as many games? I don't I'm not I'm not actually sure I I I think that's right either. Um but I do see a bit of value in playing someone in a in a big game. I do I uh, I can definitely see that, that side of the argument. I don't think that'll happen. Um, he played him in
1: the first test against Australia. It was uh, a similar, similar. Yeah, there. well, I, I
2: suppose he, like I, I presume the view at this point is that he is a top class out half. You know, and he'll be in camp with them the whole time. He's playing great rugby. I don't think there would be any, uh, you know, and, and and the kicking looks fairly solid as well. The last couple of weeks, so we know he can bounce back. Look, you know, I, I still think at an international level there's a bit more pressure involved, mm-hmm. and I still think. There's value again, and that sort of things, is giving him a bit more exposure because I think it still takes a long time to really figure out how to kick under pressure yeah. in the, in the big games. I think there's, you know, there might be an argument for that game. I think I can see what you're saying about the Scotland game, you know. So yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. I think like I, I wouldn't be apprehensive about putting. him I Also, by the way, would not be apprehensive about putting Ross Burnin. That guy's a really good rugby player. Like Joey didn't get in ahead of like like the reason he's gone to Munster is because he couldn't get in ahead of Ross Burnin. He was playing him. They were playing him at fifteen when Ross Byrne was there. So, like, he's a pretty good player too, lads. You know, I think we we shouldn't forget that. And Jack Carty. Like, we have lots of options there. And people, Irish guys playing regularly at 10, which I think was maybe possibly a concern a few years ago, is that, we, jeez, have we got enough real quality playing at 10 there that are eligible to play for Ireland? So... I think we're in a good place in that position whereas I think possibly I might have been a bit apprehensive yeah. before maybe the last year's start of saying oh what if Johnny gets injured I don't feel the same way about
0: it anymore I think his um, his goal kicking is worth mentioning as well because I think that feeds into his confidence he looks to be striking the ball differently I don't know has he changed his technique with Richie Murphy but 17 out of 17 kicks since um, that tough day in cast when he actually did strike the ball well that day they just didn't go over but I think that is playing a massive part in well, the confidence well, that's he's the playing with most it.
1: impressive thing is how he's bounced back because like you know it was called the spade, spade of spade at the time. There's no need to rehash it now, but he didn't play well in that game once you're yeah. lost. It could have been a huge blow to their pool of chances, but he's been lights out since then in pretty much every aspect.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's changing the way Munster are playing. I think we've spoken that before when he's coming in, you know, being asked to play a little bit differently. But he's actually getting that attack moving now. We're seeing. I thought. I, I know I mentioned the the Connacht game earlier that that was the best attacking performance. But this was on another level again. I think the lines are running. The imaginary, the imagination of the the outside backs. They're all feeding off Carby because he's inviting them into the play. Um, it only bodes well like for the, for Ireland and for Munster. And just to wrap up on Munster, like this weekend, it's kind of gone under the radar a bit. But there's
1: still so much to play for. Towyn Park, Exeter coming in quite good form, back to back bonus point wins in the Champions Cup. They stuffed Saracens over Christmas. They've had a couple of dodgy results, obviously along the way. They lost Mm -hmm. at home to Gloucester. They lost, uh, I think, to Quinns in the Premiership. But they're the second best team in England, so you know they're a great side and they're coming. And kind of the credibility of their project in a way is on the line. They haven't delivered in Europe. We know they can do it in the Premiership. They haven't really delivered in Europe. They've been talking a big game the last couple of years. Rob Baxter, before each Champions Cup the last three years, has mentioned how he's targeting Europe. They haven't delivered, so. They really will be going for this weekend. Oh, hundred percent. I think I
2: believe I think I oh, did I listen to Stephen Ferris a few weeks ago talk I think he'd been talking to because obviously there's a bit of an Ulster contingent over over there as well. Um they are most certainly having haven't had their eye on this Munster game in Thomas Park for a few weeks now. Uh, I'm expecting that one to be a really, really tricky battle for them. You know, Exeter, if they can produce, if they can get their hands on the ball for long periods of play, they're bloody, bloody difficult to beat. You know, like I think the 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 blueprint for for beating them is is Leinster last year. Uh, mm. and I, think, I actually think Munster can deliver on that I think you know if keeping it tight breaking it in taking them in into those long phases of play those really attritional kind of 20-30 phases um, ha- like frustrating them that way I think that's a, that's a really good way Oh, I think taking them on. I think they're going to have to do that, and um, especially if it's a tight one like Leinster were able to adapt. So they had a game plan, but then they said, "You know what? Let's just grind them down here." Um, now I think that's still a big ask to do, but I think Munster had like if you look at Munster, they were bloody good at doing that. That's what I. That's mm. where I really felt like everyone was talking about all the backs and all that kind of stuff. I actually felt like if you looked at the if you really looked at it at the game on the weekend, they took them on up front. And they beat the crap out of them. Like mm-hmm. that's what they did. Like it was nothing that they didn't produce anything really fancy to I like they had a few lovely touches here and there. But they managed the game really well. Murray's kicking, a few little grubbers in behind from Carby, a few little bits, kept the pressure on. But really, it was one in those in those between those first defender and the fifth defender. They just kept taking them on there, getting gain lines, getting gain lines. CJ Stannard, Tyke Burn, Kilcoin. Like that's the blueprint for them but i'm expecting that one there's going to be fireworks now i think that's the, the probably the pick of the bunch. for Absolute me the belter
1: mm. did he risk peter Omani this weekend
0: well, I think if Peter O'Mahony is even 75% fit, he's going to play because he'll want to play. I, I think, though, you know, they beat Leinster without him. So, I mean, it's not it's it's not an impossible task, don't get me wrong. They would badly miss him. But I think you're right, like, the their reputation is on the line. I remember talking to Gareth Steenson before the oh, first game, which was the first game of the competition, and he didn't even try and hide the fact that they were going for Europe. I think they were really disappointed that they didn't beat Munster at home. And like Luke said, that they've had their eye on this one now. But even without O'Mahony, oh, I think um, English team coming to Limerick Thomond Park I, th- I think they can get the job done
1: Well just so you look at Exeter's record like this season even Drew a Munster at home lost to Cast even though they Cast at 14 men for I think 40 minutes mm. they lost at home to Gloucester didn't even get a losing bonus point they've only ever been to one quarter final in five or six times they've been in the tournament and even that year they only won three of their six pool games so their record is really terrible so they're going to be putting a huge emphasis on this weekend but it takes a while to learn the European thing oh, but this yeah. is year six I, 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 like, I don't you know, think so
2: it just takes a while Will. I'm telling you it takes a while to learn it I, like, I, I just know look how long it took Leinster to, to get a grip in the car. look how long it took Munster Took Munster
1: eight or nine years, like to, but they were really getting out of the it pool. It. But Leinster were getting out of the pool. Munster were That's getting a out of the pool. That's a fair
2: point, yeah. and, and and I do accept yeah. that, right? But I do think the talent pool is a little bit deeper now. I think if you look at all the t- all the French clubs and all that, like they have a, like they've loads more depth now. It's every game is, is a really tough game now in, in in the Heineken Cup. It's really tricky. So I get the point, but I think there's a bit of a learning curve to go on there. I'm um, so I'm actually ha- I'm glad to hear, hear an English team, Barr Sarson say. We are targeting Europe yeah. because
0: that's that's been a bit of a loss. Com- it's been, yeah, yeah. The, the competition definitely needs it, like doesn't
2: it? No, you don't want to hear them moaning about like, oh, player, you know, all this kind of stuff about the, you know, not ring fencing off the, mm-hmm. the, 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 Premiership. This kind of garbage, you know, like they have plenty of of good players to manage them correctly. Like I think, like there's a way of doing it. Like you look at like Leinster when they're when they're doing it really well. They still have like six or seven of their frontline guys out, even when they're chopping and changing exactly. for lots of the games. You know, for the big games leading in. Yeah. So like I think they could manage it better.
1: Like I know Sarsons aren't the best example because they actually are the only team that's really doing well out of the English but like you can't tell me that they can't be wrestling on for some of these league games against the teams at the lower end of the table like you just can't tell me that Alex Alex Oloski is well capable of beating Worcester and playing at a doubt half he's a great player himself it's just
0: it's different systems isn't it the private owned and all that like so it's so hard to compare them but just 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 on Exeter do you you guys think they're as good as they were last year when they played Leinster because I know from speaking to a few Leinster players they felt like that they were probably the best team they played last year Mm I am not. Not sure they're as good as they were last year now it could look stupid come Saturday if they end up beating Munster but I think they were a better team when they played in those Leinster games last year do you
2: think they could be it's, I haven't watched you know what I haven't watched enough of them to really make a call on that I think the fix the, if you look at where they were last year they hadn't lost and I think But I think it was at this stage they hadn't lost all season had they until they played Leinster is well, that right they had a very good record they had the some, record. something mm-hmm. weird like that I think they'd been on a brilliant run of form hadn't they or maybe they'd lost one maybe mm-hmm. I, actually, no, I, I, I don't do think, think they'd, they'd lie, lost yeah. I think I think they, they hadn't lost yeah. uh, at this stage last year in the Premiership so like their they're look, their quality outfit still. It looks like the fixtures have been a little bit mixed up, you know, a little bit mixed uh you know, when you when you're when you're talking about the losses to Gloucester, things like that and Harlequins.
1: Um But they also come Sarsons over Christmas at Sandy Park. Like Sarson's probably best, second best team in Europe, depending on your viewpoint. So
2: yeah, no. Look, but that's it, there is quality there. We know that there's quality. There. Like maybe that's because they're they're trying to maybe figure out how they manage the squad a little bit better. So we don't know. I, I, sorry, you guys might know more than me on this one. I haven't keeping an eye on the Premiership as much to be honest. When they don't you. have
0: they don't have a huge squad. But I mean, before before the, the competition started, I think there were loads of people star horses horses and to see them on 13 points after f- after five games, I don't think many people would have oh, believed it's that. It's the
1: Gloucester home game. It's really unforgivable. Like yeah.
0: put that game in the Premiership, yeah. they probably win by 30 points. Yeah. It was just a bizarre
1: yeah. game from start to finish. Yeah. I watched it and no. I just couldn't believe it was. Unfair. Falling, how poor they were but uh, we'll move on to Leinster now mm. uh, Reclaim control of pool one bonus point win Toulouse came into town top of the table but a lot of people were saying oh, this will be a real test for Toulouse as much as it was a test for Leinster missing five key men it was a huge test for Toulouse to see are they actually at that top level and Leinster taught them a bit of a lesson did they? I, th- I think Leinster are probably like
2: I think I think people were really skewed with, with that game over in, in Toulouse I said it at the time and I got a lot of stick for having my blue hat on but Um, like there was two intercepts really like they finished the thing as well but it was two intercepts like won the game for them essentially Leinster mistakes in pretty good positions actually so look I think Leinster are ahead of them definitely I think it's probably a better reflection now that they're on top because Leinster are better like they are definitely a better team I think again the real difference for me and like they made it very difficult for Leinster at times like you could see how physical they are in the tight like Leinster steamroll teams usually in Mm. the tight when they have their full complement out Um, and they didn't have their full complement out but the Leinster front row and the Leinster pack, like, they're a different level. Like, it's the energy levels all game. It's the real, like, really quality work that they get through for long periods of time. Like, Scott Fardy was outside. Rhys Ruddock was on. Mm. Un- Ruddock was be- but he seems to do that against every big French player. Yeah, pack.
0: he likes to play in the French. Yeah. Whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. it's
2: because we, we call him the man child for a reason. Like the guy was outstanding. Like, and he's a brilliant athlete. He's built for those big ones as well. Um, but he's a guy who's been really lucky with Peter O'Mahony He's been there, and Ian Henderson at times playing six. Like, because Reese for me, I love playing with him. Like, I think everyone in the dressing room loved him, and he's always you know every now and then he's been Leinster captain a few times in there. Been
1: Ireland captain as well. So Joe does <laughs> rate him obviously. Uh,
2: he's yeah. very highly thought of, and he's a great player. So it's good to see him get a big day out. I thought Sean Cronin was brilliant um, you know and the two guys the two props like a, they're unbelievable
1: Healy, back to his best but
2: like it's always tight like mm. tight furlong the honest work that they get through like just real grunt carries like they were getting knocked backwards at times but I, th- I just the way when I looked at the game, I just felt like that was taking more out of Toulouse because they couldn't get the ball off them. Still, when they were doing that, it, Do that, you know, that, like, that was I?
0: exactly it. Like I was there and I couldn't. Like I, 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 thought this game would just be an epic, and it really wasn't because for for the first half, Toulouse, it was. I, I was surprised by their game plan because they tried to take it to Lenser mm. up front and. Keen heel Tig Fernando were just rubbing their hands together going bring it on like because mm. it once again showed that Leinster can beat teams no matter how you want to play them because the second half they just opened them up. Mm. They were gassed. Toulouse mm. ran out of steam. I think um Charlie Famaweena was actually good for about 20 minutes and then he had nothing left. Jerome Kaino d- didn't look, you know, he had any legs left and that's when Leinster are able then to open teams up and I thought like you mentioned I thought mm. Scott Fardy and Reese Roddick were, were brilliant. We mentioned Ross Byrne, he was he was mm. outstanding. I think when the backline ticks like that, and I was ha- having a look, the backline had an average age of 24. Yeah. Dave Kearney was the oldest at 29. Like Leinster were, were without, well, didn't play ten internationals yet. One to 15 were, have are all internationals. Mm-hmm. Like it was the questions that, that were being asked on Friday at the press conference. You know, of Leo Cullen, are you are you confident in your strength and depth? Will this? Because everyone raves about it, about this will be a proper test, and he just shrugged it off. And you know, you you were kind of thinking, okay, is this sort of like not blind loyalty, but this will be a massive test and it really wasn't because it once again showed that Leinster are just they're the team to beat and bringing in like the likes of Rory and I thought Gary Ringrose was definitely worth mentioning. mention oh, I a player! Yeah, yeah. he's, he's just He's just he? like you yeah. like people I, to
1: be on a shoulder more. The amount of times he's looking for the offload
2: and there's no one uh, I, look. I, I think did, uh, more often than not he made the right decisions and stuff. And I think guys made the right decisions around. Him. Sometimes it's better to hang on to those uh, as well. A like couple it, of times it I was crying out for someone to hit,
1: hit a good line off t- his shoulder. It looks
2: great, but look, to li- look at Toulouse like that's what they're all about. They're all about the spectacle. And look, it comes off sometimes, but I think more often than not, look at (laughs) Lencer. Like, if you if you can rely on your team to hang on to the ball for you know you're gonna like, well i want to get another chance at this in
1: like three or four phases, probably with momentum. So just as we're talking about speculative offloads, just to roll back for a minute, Nakawara at, re- at Kingspan was ridiculous. He had like a couple of unbelievable ones. He had yeah. uh, he had six or seven absolutely ridiculously shocking ones, and like just Bill, flicking them over his shoulder to but that Mattis, the That kills a
2: team's momentum. Uh, like you Bill Mannes was pretty pretty good as well. For, oh, yeah, for that wasn't bad. Either. Oh, that was only yeah. the one at the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it was it was a joke. But yeah, I think great that, support line as well. He came yeah. out of nowhere. But I don't even know how he saw him. <laughs> just just on Ringrose, I think you know we yeah. talk about Stockdale and you know exciting pairs to watch for me going to games now like I just can't wait to to watch Ringrose when he has the ball and when he doesn't have the ball I think he's an incredible defender he's just he's so smart I I think at one point um, in the first half Colby gets the ball off his wing and he runs in field and instead of shooting up and and hitting him Luke you know a lot more about this Mm. than I would but he just kind of shepherds his run, and Colby's just running, you know, across the pitch. He's not actually going anywhere, and then Ringrose makes the hit. I just thought it was super, super intelligent. Just the one where he got it off the first phase and he just yeah. ran across. And he ran across. I actually
2: thought they defended that badly, but I didn't think that was Gary's fault. I actually thought but it was he on the inside. him all the way. Yeah, no, he, he managed it well towards the end. But that's a he puts everyone in a fairly. It wasn't actually his fault, by the way. It was the guy's in the end. Like, there's no way he should get that far across. There, yeah. There's no way. No, I know yeah. he's really quick in that, but I agree with you. Once he did that, do you know what I thought was better about it. Once he got it down. Did you see he made the next tackle as well? Yeah. Do you know he kinda was a bit of a loose offload or something? But Gary actually think was the guy who made the tackle again. That's what I love about it. Like I think if you look at any young kid watching him, his body, his his body's always over his feet. He's always ready to fire in, go forward. He chases his feet well. His angles are really good, so like he's really difficult to get around. You know, I think uh, he's only going to get better and better. Gary, you it's know?
1: interesting you talk about the growth as a defender because I remember I think it was his first Six Nations start, twenty seventeen, when the bus was late in Murrayfield, and he was kind of caught out once or twice in the first half when Scotland when their tails were really up. So it was great to see that learning in what, it was almost three years on, and he's or two years on even, and he's just learned so much as a defender. Because yeah, the attacking yeah. stuff was always kind of there for everyone to Do see. you know
2: what it was? I think he's probably, like, again, like the nuances of the game takes you a long time to to get. It does take longer and longer, you know. Like, Trico wasn't the finished article always defensively, you know. Like, he was obviously always brilliant over the ball and all that kind of stuff. Great technique in the tackle. But he got really good at, like, reading things, at seeing things early. The, the longer his career went on. And I think Gary has the potential to do that. If you know the kid, like he's just sorry, I say kid, but like <laughs> he is still a young still lad, young, you know, yeah, twenty four this year. Yeah, like he's a really young guy, you know. If you know him, he's just a real humble guy, smart fella as well, you know. So you think that, you know, if there's things to learn, that he and I think he can be introspective. He can learn things about himself. I watch him getting better all the time. So it's good to see. You know, I, I think he's going to be a big, important guy. He just needs to stay injury free. That's the thing with Gary. As long as he can stay injury free, I feel like he's in the same bracket of stock. The sky's the limit for those. Two guys, and they could make a great pair. In those two, they're kind of long, rangy, really quick, great <laughs> forward. They're kind of similar enough. Bar obviously stuck to the great pairing in the center. No, sorry, in oh, the just, just in as a just pairing. mean? Yeah. His,
0: his style of running is something else as well. When he gets the ball, mm. I don't know. Like, do Ireland have other players who do it? Like, he's just. It's like he's just gliding across the pitch. It's mm. just so graceful. I know that sounds really cheesy, but it's actually <laughs> it's a joy to watch. I think in the in the November series, it was the same. You know, you're just watching him going. Like Lou said, the sky's the limit because he is still so young. It seems like he's been around a lot longer than what he is but I think like you know there, there was a bit of debate over the last couple of years about Ireland who's Ireland's first choice 13 and in my mind there's absolutely no question oh there's no debate no about that no I anymore. think that's done, done and
2: yeah. dusted like I think what, what's what been what I've really enjoyed about Gary is I think look I look at the handling I never thought he gave enough passes um, as, a, as a as a centre like mm. you need that needs to be not your one of your first, but especially at second centre like you need to be nearly 50-50 thinking oh is there something for me here but really like get it to get it to Rob Carney. Get Spoken it to like a Arben. winger who wants the ball on the side. Yeah, but like, in <laughs> fairness, usually your most dangerous guys are out in the wing or in, at fullback. Like mm. you should be getting them the ball. Like that, if you're not getting it there, it makes it way easier to defend you because things will open up. You look at like why is Brian O'Driscoll or why is Conrad Smith? Why did why were they so good? Like um, it's because they could throw that one. So there's indecision. As soon as they get the ball, with just even a little bit of time to make something happen, and if they've proved you know, in the weeks, in the years before that they can throw the pass, it straight away, I know as a winger, marking someone like that, you're saying, "Oh, you know, he could throw that one, I have to give it. And, and what that does is it buys you time to make better decisions. You might still throw the pass, it might still be on if someone makes a bad decision. But if they don't, if they say, oh, really respect Gary Ringrose's passing, straight away you get more one-on-ones and if that guy is one-on-ones there's going to be loads of things happening around him that make it difficult for teams to, to I suppose manage him. you know
1: and Luke touched on Scott Fardy earlier he had another great performance uh, he's become such an integral part of the squad and he was kind of toiling away for a couple of weeks which, in some of the less glamorous games of the Pro 14 but leading the young players really well and a lot of guys developed around those two or three fixtures and like where does he rank In the kind of all time Leinster imports My list An unscientific list The data scientists Haven't touched <laughs> this And this is just my own Personal this list This is a qualitative report Yeah, yeah. Nassimo won, Elsom 2 Felipe Canapomi 3 and Elsom uh, 2 Scott Friday number 4 yeah. Forget it He was only here for a year The first Heineken Cup win Was built That's not, On stop. his great stop. performance He was European player Of the year
2: <laughs> I don't, It doesn't matter
1: It's, it's a serious list year. though Isn't it It is like,
2: They've got a few good ones Why are you hating on Rocky I like Rocky but he's not the not he's like I think uh, I think Fardy will be better than him I think uh, Issa's 100% better I think well, Felipe, he's Felipe he says Felipe, Felipe Depombe, man Felipe is like he brought the crowds in the door that guy was a legend like honestly he's one of my favourites Elson ever. was
1: very popular in that season he was here and like the performances he put in in, in that Champions Cup run yeah, but he Hughes, like,
2: yeah, he was a great player yeah. But he was, wasn't here long enough so Just for that
1: Ah, well, just it, performance This is my list it's, it, it's Oh, listen, unsigned. Will
2: You have your, your list there Don't don't you mind me But I no. thought we were discussing it The, yeah. we are discussing
0: the, it. the irony <laughs> of Scott Fardy Is he's exactly the type Of player of Wallabies need Like ahead yeah. of the World oh, Cup yeah. You know mm. and I think Are even, we expecting him to go back At the end of the year? I think his contract's up But yeah. I think Leinster will be doing Everything, everything they can the Because, show, I mean yeah. I've Speaking to even Like James Ryan We've spoken to him about The influence that he's had on him And, you know it, it's just he, he's immense and like, he, he, he's not the most glamorous player but he's exactly the type you want again in that in that engine room I think it's going to be interesting to see the selection this week because obviously Luke McGrath unfortunately is out for 8 Bad weeks which is kid, isn't uh, oh, his sec- him, yeah. second 6 nations in a row missing yeah. within I've the had injury. a few of those but, myself an injury
2: yeah. the week before too we, so oh, it's a heartbreaker second but could have been worse and yeah, it could
0: be
1: nice, yeah, I could have been out for a year, it could have been out of the World it looked Cup. Yeah. look bad, yeah, and light. Uh, and
2: I was actually chatting to him today, just wishing him all the best. I was hoping that I was, I was just saying, was there was that report right?
1: <laughs> I hope it
2: is. Uh, so that's great news for him. That uh, that yeah, it looks like it's that kind of time frame. So super that, stuff.
0: It, it, like it, it is, but like there was probably like you think if Kieran Marmion isn't fit, you think there was a slight gap there, you know. And mm-hmm. I know we've been pushing him a lot in the show, especially when I'm on, but. If Marmion did miss that England game, Luke McGrath, you think is a start to be on the bench, Ooh. and then he has the chance, you know, to get ahead of Marmion if he went on a run. Yeah. But that's uh, just unfortunate. But it, like I was saying, it'd be interesting to see Will Lencer pick because Gibson Park is, is, sh- is showing to start. Actually, I thought he was very good when he came oh, off the he bench. Was re- man, His how pass he that for pass? oh, yeah. it's just it was brilliant, wasn't it? Cracker. so good. Yeah. But it, will they go with Scott Fardy or will they go with James Lowe? Like, I think it's so hard to drop mm. Scott Farquhar. But then again, if toners fit, like. He has to start. He you? does. He <laughs> sort of, yeah, like it's I ridiculous say, options. Yeah. Like. It is
2: like, in, uh, and you know what as well? I, I will. Like we, we probably should mention. I thought. Uh, I thought Dave Carney, I, I was just delighted. Great He's a yeah. lovely guy. He's had a tough little period with injuries, mm. different things like that. So you know, it's been. It's actually been a tricky enough period for him, really, since the World Cup in 2015. Yeah. You know, he hasn't really got a massive consecutive run of games. So uh, that'll give him huge confidence. Um, and I think uh, that was good to see, and the finish was
0: it class. Was, it was some finish because they like, probably should have been a penalty try. You know, But like, oh, he saying? still, yeah. but he still manages to get down the ground and then also keep his feet yeah. in play. Oh, the two feet together. He brought them to his lowest. Feeble from yeah. defending. When well, he went, he went off. He went off shortly afterwards. It was a great kick by Ross yeah. Burn as well. He was just—he's perfected that kick pass. Segment. He has, hasn't yeah.
2: he? But I think it's such an important weapon for any ten to have. Now it's funny, like because I, when I first came in, it was like, oh, like Johnny Wilkinson with the crossfield <laughs> kicks. You know what I mean? But like literally, if you can't do it now, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can't play ten. I mean, really you can't. Like it's such a—it's like it's required. Like you have to be I able mean, to. You can't
1: play like, ten for Leinster anyway. They utilize it a lot. But,
2: yeah, but every team should yeah. be using it. Like it's such because anything out of position, especially if you're playing, if you want to play expansive rugby. Like teams are just going to slip that guy into the front line. They're going to tr- they're mm-hmm. going to try and get their two wingers up into the front line to defend high and to make it harder to get around, um, and to give them more line to be more comfort. If you like, if you can ping those ones flat, I mean, if the fullback
1: is anyway central, pff, tricky, yeah. tricky to defend. So you have to be able to do it. Okay, we'll move on to Connacht now. I didn't see the game. Obviously, it wasn't on TV, but it was a cracking win for them. Twenty eighteen. I can get a late penalty uh, to beat Sale and a, a good Sale side as well Chris Ashton Denny Solomon and yeah. James O'Connor was in the team as well Faf the clerk so they're looking James
2: like, O'Connor's playing yeah, there is he's he? playing 12 yeah. Jesus
1: yeah. The uh,
0: um, my God, what a player
1: though but it's great for them they're on the verge of
0: a quarter final yeah well. and Sale, Sale have been riding the crest for waves and they beat saris recently as well so yeah. yeah like I think Connacht have mixed and matched a little bit in the in the Challenge Cup this season I, th- I know they sent a very young team to, to Sale that time and when Bordeaux came here they gave a couple of debuts as well but I think I made this point from from when we were previewing the whole the whole competition, that I know Claremont are in it, and we'll we'll come back to that. But the, the, there's a chance there for Connacht. I think they're one of the better teams in this competition. Ooh,
1: facing a away quarterfinal though,
0: I still think if you if the, that if they, Connacht have Bundy and the likes, I think Delan is showing form now again. You know, signed the new contract, which is huge for them, by the way, because the Munster links just weren't going away. There was more talk that Munster were trying to get him, but I think that shows the sort of the the project that um, Andy Friend is building there that the likes yeah. of Alton Delan is willing to, willing to stay there But uh, Jack Carty as well Jack Carty yeah mm-hmm. like, he's just been absolutely mm-hmm. sensational but like, he signed just, again didn't he yeah he signed, signed again yeah, yeah. yeah. so, yeah, yeah. so, so it, that was a big week for them getting those two guys got got those two guys signed but um, yeah like a, a potential away quarter final if they get it but I, I still think like go back to last season when they were beaten by Gloucester and I was at that game and they should have won like they really threw it away at home to Gloucester so I think they might have learned from that, that experience Experience, You know, you talk about your Exeter going on your journey to get the experience. I think Connacht has that now because it's pretty much the same group of players. But I think, you know, Kobe Fainga has been another one who's been really good recently. Jared Butler taking over the captaincy from John Muldoon, which is no easy feat to take over from a legend. But I think it's all ticking along nicely there. And like we've said a million times that Andy Friend has bought that feel-good factor. And I know that's an intangible, but you can't overstate how important that is. No, he's been great for them. And
2: you can see he's involved in everything, which I really like. Good interviews, you know, good honest interviews, giving good feedback. Players seem to like them. And I think, again, like, as Kean said, like, if people are signing on to stay with the project, it means that they have confidence mm. in it. It means that they're enjoying being there. um, And that's great, I think, as well. It looks like, they're, you know, with the stadium, we talked about it a few maybe two weeks ago on the show. Like, things are kind of moving all, they're all moving in a positive direction there, which is very important because you want to build on the bit of success they had in, in, in Pro 14. Like, that's important to do. Uh, and I think they were kind of looked like they had a bit of a setback year, but to me, it looks like they're building nice again. And they're playing good brand. I actually don't disagree with Keane I think you could easily see the likes of Claremont, unless you know it's in a final. Um, not maybe picking their best team. Connor could easily catch on the hop. But they're a
1: really, really good team. And just to finish up, the Ireland squad is named tomorrow, I believe. Um, I I was just thinking about it earlier I'm not expecting any surprise or shocks like obviously there'll be one or two players squeezed out just by the fact that he has to cut it off at some point but uh, I don't know what do you lo- expect yeah, to see I, I not
0: don't, I don't think so I think the squad is fairly settled at the moment especially in a World Cup year I think you know there might be one or two faces in the warm-up games but I think it has a set look now I think the only one who has a sniff probably is Quaylen Blade if they're worried about you know we're not sure how serious John Cooney's back injury is. I think it was a back spasm. Back spasm so so you'd, you'd fine, imagine yeah. he'd be fine. I think Kieran Marmion is expected yeah. to be named in it. So, I mean, there, with Luke McGrath, you'll have your three some half. Tom Farrell of...
1: squeezed out, Chris Farrell fit, Bunley, yeah, Ringrose, Henshaw, don't, don't think five centres.
0: Like... Like, I, I just think the guys who are in there at the moment have mm. done, you know, it, it also actually depends on how many players Joe Schmidt names because if he goes for an extended squad, then I think Chris Farrell will definitely be in. I think Chris Farrell will still be ahead of Tom Farrell. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, so I, I'm a big fan of Tom Farrell, but I, I think he's going to need a couple of injuries to sneak sneak his way in there. So, yeah, I think I think this squad will be on, you know, what, what we're coming to expect, really, like especially because it's a World Cup here. It's not really... The time for, you know, trying out new guys is probably slipping away now, I think. Yeah, you, uh, expecting um, to see anything strange or surprising tomorrow?
1: Uh
2: No. I'm not I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be fairly settled as Keane said like I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with like I think we'll get a bit of an idea about how serious those injuries are by who he names in the um uh, for the 9 slot it'd be good to see Keelan K- 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 Blade uh, come in I think he's been very good I saw him in the RDS and I thought I was really impressed with him I thought he ran the show really really well I remember um, watching him
1: play for Athlone IT against DCU in 2012 and I knew <laughs> right then and there that he was going to be Tam a top player in
2: fairness no but look it'd be good to see a few of the young guys get in I wouldn't be surprised if we named maybe a bit of an extended one for the first week uh, just blood a few guys in and make sure that they're kind of familiar enough with the setup, just in case
1: you had a massive injury What you know, he'll do is n- name the normal squad and then sneak the other guys in under the cover of darkness like he usually does, and we'll only know because yeah. sports photographers with yeah. their long lenses will <laughs> pick them out.
2: But it's a good way, it's a good way of uh, you know, giving guys a bit of a mm. taste of the setup or you might have a few academy guys in. You never know. It's good to have a few bodies because you think, especially after this weekend there'll be one or two more injuries. It'd be very unlikely that there isn't. So I'd say he might want to have more bodies in anyway because there might be a few people sitting out just doing rehab for the week. So um, I think let's get through this weekend, see how it all washes out. Uh, hopefully there's no serious injuries. Please God. Um, I think they're in good shape, you know, and I'm hoping that they all go into the... to. Um, You know, i hope they all get through. It'd be great to see three Irish teams get through, wouldn't
0: it? another four out of four weekend would just set up the the six nations perfectly. So we'll
1: finish it up, we'll do predictions. Connacht away to Bordeaux, Ulster away to Leicester, Munster at home to Exeter, and Leinster away to Wasps. Which way are you going with those four
0: games? Uh, Where do we start? We start with Connacht, maybe. Um, I think Connacht will will get the job done there. Um, I think Munster will win, but it won't be easy. Um, I think Leinster will absolutely hammer wasps I think they're 20 point favourites yeah I, I think they will I think they're going to host them um, and Ulster I would yeah I'm going to I'm going to back them I'm going to back another clean sweep I think oh. so as well oh. i go clean oh. sweep too Luke, Luke is going so to I'm gonna be the bad guy am I um, 1 out of 4 I think
2: Oh, I wish sorry this is so hard to make these predictions without knowing any of the teams but um, I'll start off with Ulster Um, I'll go uh, do you know what actually I'll go with a win I go with a win. I you, think don't my, think, you don't
1: believe that I can look. No, at no.
2: I think
0: for the I, listeners, I'm looking at it. I face. feel like you know. I, I was
2: listening to Dan, listen to Dan McFarland. Listening to Dan McFarland talking about it, they're building it up massively. I I feel like you know they're going to have a bit of continuity. They didn't have many injuries in the weekend. Um, Cooney back potentially. Cooney back would make it a big difference to them. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with them in a in a very tight one. Actually, I I'll like five points or less. I think it's been really tight. Um... And then uh, I think Leinster to win, but I don't think it'll. it'll be, I can't believe it's that big a spread. Or I'd be surprised if it's that big. If it's that big a win over there, um, I think uh, maybe 10, 10 points. I think would be a good win over there. And uh, Munster to win again, tight one. I think. I think Exeter will put up a good fight there. Um, even though it's probably pretty much done for them in the group, I I expect them to put up a good fight. And Connacht to lose. I think Connacht will lose in Bordeaux. Um, it's it's a tough place to go. I just think they mightn't travel great. Um, still missing a few bodies. So uh, I think that they could lose that one.
1: Well, we have a cracking weekend to look forward to regardless. Keen, Luke, thanks so much for coming in. Cheers, lads. That's all we have time for in the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with another great podcast. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.